Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Never do I. friend of the pod and but our our hall of fame guest uh kevin how's it going kevin good it's been a while i know it it has been too long uh but we we wanted to uh have you in and do a thing that we sometimes do when max can't make it because of scheduling conflicts which is talk about sports sports Um, and we're we're living in the world where, you know, a couple weeks ago, Kawhi Leonard got his wish of not just signing with the Los Angeles Clippers, but, you know, parlaying that into them giving up, uh, if I remember correctly, five first round picks plus valuable trade chips to the Thunder for Paul George. Uh, Anthony Davis got his wish of being traded to the Lakers. And, and so we're... We're living at least in in the NBA in what people would call the player empowerment era. Um, I would take issue with that characterization somewhat, uh, in part because all of the other major sports still exist. Yeah. Uh, namely, uh, the NFL and NHL, which have hard salary caps, mm-hmm. and baseball, which is about the most uh disempowering thing i can possibly think of for players yep uh, so uh, kevin maybe we should you know kick things off with you like how mm-hmm. how do you feel about what's happening in the nba i know you are probably a basketball fan more than anything else yeah uh, i think the it, it's just it's kind of conflicted uh, along with the you know, pay college players thing Mm -hmm. which is that intuitively it's like well yeah the players should you know the players are the the ones that are doing the action they're the ones that are in demand and they are just playing the economic game that the rest of us are playing and if Mm -hmm. they have the ability to strong arm their way around and kind of put these franchises in whatever situation they want um like they should be able to, but at the same time, it can kind of ruin the thing that allows them to do it to begin with. Hmm. So, that, so yeah, so I'm conflicted take. of I'm um, conflicted to how how to approach it in that sense. Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I know that it, it's it's pretty clear that what's happening is these players are pushing back against an old way of doing things that saw them having no power to decide where they went at all. You know, if you think of baseball in the fifties and sixties, pre Kurt flood, there wasn't even free agency. You had your contract with your team and you had, you know, essentially no other recourse besides, you know, re-signing with that team or that team trading you uh, to wherever they wanted to trade you. And so, it does feel a little bit like a long overdue pushback against the decades of non-power. 
but it is it's a tough thing to feel you know as a, a reasonably progressive young person who wants workers to have more power in the marketplace and to also be uh a fan of a team that players might want to get traded away from like yeah. all three of us are yeah and and i would say you know i think we're, we're recording this on on a wednesday actually and yesterday was the now famous day in the the lebron james household of taco tuesday and lebron oh james posted on his instagram <laughs> while sitting on the set of of uh space jam 2 noting that he can't show the jersey he's wearing because it's part of the space jam 2 you know whatever uh and he does his his taco tuesday announcement on instagram and this and is really these... bad overdone speedy gonzalez accent yeah yeah it's really kind of gross well i i i would just say that Dad LeBron is currently maybe my favorite LeBron, and that's part of Dad LeBron. But I would I would say that all these things come together, and and to quote to quote somebody who has a bit of a background in basketball at these at this point with these players, um, you know they can say justifiably justifiably I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man because because they are there's all this coming together and they have to i mean Kawhi leonard is very quiet but you know now he has a signature shoe and right. he you know he has a logo that he's been fighting with nike about That's these are true. people that are trying to position themselves as superstars now you do have certainly inequality going on in baseball especially in football with i mean just look at the packers just released how much money they spent last year they finally dip their toe into free agency and Aaron right. Rodgers gets gets paid the market value and it, it really affects their profits. But, you know, these are people that are businesses off on and off the field, their name, their brand, mm-hmm. um, and they have to control it. And I would add the other thing coming back to, you know, sports is, you know, who who is the client here? Who are we selling to? We're selling, you know, these sports teams are selling to three of us, the, the entertainment value. Right. And who is to say that Joe LeCobe or, or you know, and, and I know he's a very smart guy and, and has done, you know, really tremendous things. Jerry West is a better understander of what I want than these people. I mean, the kind of sometimes for me, the charade of, oh, this is just about winning. No, it's not. You want to put the most exciting product out there. I, I think that's what it is. That's what drives revenue. Well, yeah. Or if you're Robert Sarver, uh, what what drives what drives you is slashing costs yeah. And, and, you know, it being the, the process Sixers, but with no end goal of making a viable team, just yeah. of stripping an entire organization for parts in such a way that you wind up with an 80-year-old woman, uh, you know, shouting in a city council meeting about how you're a scumbag businessman who's trying yeah. to, to jip the city of Phoenix out of a bunch of money for a stadium. But, but, in, but in some ways, at least he's, you know, being honest about what he's doing. He's not trying to put a great team out there. He's just trying to, to make money off it. Now, is it that good for entertainment value purposes? No, but that's that's one end of the spectrum. And it's more honest than, oh, we're, we're trying to go out there and win. It's like, no, you're not. You're tanking. Right. Well, wouldn't you imagine, though, that the if the goal is to put a good entertainment product out there for the fans, Every team would be trying its hardest to put the best team together. I think they go they they can they can go hand in hand, but also the Rockets just trading for for Russell Westbrook. I don't know that that's the best team, but it's certainly the most entertaining Sorry, one. That's that's true. That's not what I meant. Was maybe not the team with the best 
championship prospects, but like the best collection of basketball players. Uh, I, I think that I, I think that that I, I think certain a lot of times teams do do have that in mind. I mean, just look at a team like the Knicks right now. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty putrid, but they're very excited for RJ Barrett. There's a, there's a player who will you know dribble the ball till it's flat and and then do stupendous things on the fast break or idiotic things but it'll be a lot of it'll be fun to watch and you've got Derek Smith Jr. who's a lot of fun is it it's Derek, Derek Jones Jr. Joe the guy who plays for the Heat no no I mean the Knicks the the oh oh DSJ. Dennis Dennis Smith Dennis Jr. Smith sorry sorry Dennis Smith Jr. I mean but both of those are good examples it's yeah like, is this team going to be great? No, but you market it as come, come watch our our athletes. And I mean, Kevin, you know, we, we with uh, certainly in, in college as well, you run into this with with these these transfers. And I think these, you know, the even there, I think the players are thinking about, you know, how do they position themselves to to excel so they can get to that next level and, and push themselves as a business. You see this in, I think. College basketball, I mean, UVA is getting some transfers right now who were at Marquette before. You see it in football a lot and can get kind of fraught. Um, you know, is that is that kind of the, the same thing, which is these players trying to position themselves to excel so they can get that star status so that they can, you know, someday have them and their kids talking about something on Instagram to millions of followers? Yeah, I think it's the same, again, the way I'm looking at it, the same issue where I think that it's, yeah, I support the players being able to go to whatever college they want to play whatever sport they want. Um, but they are also making it so that schools can't plan around these, the idea of how long that someone's going to be there, mm-hmm. meaning they can't plan for the future, which like kind of decreases the long-term, um, you know, how much I'm going to enjoy watching this like team or this program go. And it it's, it's the same thing where like the, the, t- the teams can't plan for this like long-term future. And I feel like it, it it's harmful, but I support the individual's pursuit of their best self-interest. Okay. So this is, this is an interesting point because there's also been a spate of college coaches speaking out, like even like Nick Saban about how, transfers are the you know the most god-awful thing that's ever happened to college sports and they're turning it into free agency but isn't the fact that nick saban can just fuck off out of his contract and go anywhere else you know isn't that equally problematic for you know for long-term planning it's fascinating to me also you know this is something that dan lebertard talks about a lot uh on on his radio show that you know, it seems a lot like whenever, whenever there's a, a labor dispute uh, between management and labor in the context of owners, coaches, and players, fans who would not be management in almost any labor dispute that they find themselves in tend to side with management. Even even people who might say in the abstract that they are for player power and for these people having the right to move around when push comes to shove and they're greeted with an actual situation they tend to default back to wanting the benefit for their team over the players yeah so 
I think in that you you hit the I, I think a really important point there and something that Tom Ziller has talked about before whose whose newsletter I I you know really value a lot mm-hmm. is uh, he has made a move to call them franchisees over the last year or so. Well, the uh, NBA has to, stopped calling them owners as well. NBA has stopped calling them owners, and I think that there's there really is something there, and and speaks to the the underlying problem here is. Uh, you know, players get scrutinized. I mean, I think the way that the NFL draft works, where they ask you all these questions and they delve deep into your past and ask things that are offensive, most, uh, you know, frequently offensive. The players I, I, I don't think asking so- Des Bryant if his mom's a prostitute is delving into his past so much as it is just being a monster, personally. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but but okay. So so still, you have to as a player work so hard to just even get there, and it has you know a lot of times yeah. nothing to do with anything. So this is, I mean, it's still unbalanced. But anything out of this the status quo becomes, if it's framed in a way that you know this is not the 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 dolphin way or or whatever else that whole thing that like weird jingoist kind of thing for your your team comes up and and you know players have to fight against it but for some reason that does appeal to fans i think maybe to the nfl more than others so here here's the problem here here's one of the things that i I see as a problem with the nba uh ceasing to call its owners owners um calling them anything else is i would say wrong it's not it's not like a McDonald's where a franchisee, you know, employs people, but ultimately their product is hamburgers and french fries. Yeah. Because these sports are entertainment products, the players are technically they are employees, but they are the assets. They are the product. And frankly, I don't think they should be – I don't think the owners should be allowed – to get away with distracting from that by saying, oh, no, I'm not an owner. I'm a chief investor or I'm a governor. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. We need wow. this is this is the this is the fight that needs to be had. I, yeah. You know, I, I just I think that I think that it. I, I'm against giving any out to n- ignore this conversation. I mean, I, I'm I tend I tend more towards the uh, you can't take politics out of sports because sports are overtly political end of the spectrum as opposed to the sports are a pure escape and entertainment product for me end of the spectrum. So just just because they're an entertainment product doesn't doesn't mean that that you can't have these same discussions. I mean, the music industry is fraught with people who. Who take the artists, the 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 I mean, they are assets. Those artists are assets too, um, and and they they take all the the profit out of them and leave them, you know, owing money for the record that they produced that that made a, a bunch. I mean, I think it's I see your point, which is you kind of want to call it this because that is the the nature of the the pulling all the profit from the labor, not paying them their value. Certainly, college is especially bad mm-hmm. at that. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, in in general, I, to go back to the the, the trade requests idea, um, you know, I, I also think about, you know, Sean, you definitely made comments about the to to me not on this, but previously about 
LeBron going to the the Lakers and kind of the latitude he was given. And my response to that was, if people are willing to let him basically run the team, you know, that's that's on them. You don't you don't have to do that. But also that speaks to the, the sure. changing waves. And I think yeah. I mean, Kevin, I don't know how you feel about that, but I I think it's good. Even if it fails, I think it's good. Well, I think my problem with it is, is that I don't know if, again, th- this is part of the issue is that for the Lakers, their best, their best individual move is to just do whatever LeBron wants them to do because they want to have LeBron on their team. But for the rest of the league, that might not, they, that might not be true. And that might not be the best way to deliver entertainment to me. But for the Lakers individual case, they have to do it. And it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's like, I don't know, prisoner's dilemma or something. Yeah. So I guess, I guess one way to to phrase what I'm getting at is why is it? Is there what like what is it about sports that makes us so willing to tolerate labor conditions that we would never accept for ourselves as workers? Like you would never accept, you know, you would never go to work in an industry where there were only 30 locations you were drafted and and didn't have a choice as to where you went your prime would be tied up in far below market value contracts and then at the end of that maybe 10 years down the road you could decide where you wanted to go but otherwise your only moving option would be to have your employer say well fuck you you're going to cleveland you know, that sounds a lot like the way that the, the military works. It does. That <laughs> I hadn't ever really considered <laughs> I mean, it that way. You don't you don't Well that's how the military works so, sort of in I guess in wartime, like when there's a yeah. draft instituted, but you also when you join I think you know, that's it's funny you mention that because I was gonna say when you join the military, you assume those conditions and you know that that's part of if you start the, down the, the path of wanting to be an elite athlete you kind of have to, to that's take that's fine but there's a difference in that mm-hmm. the being in the military is like part of something larger than basketball there there's an aspect of you know if you're going to if you're going to fight to protect national security you kind of have to go wherever the threats to the national security are sure but like sure. it's not a it's not a perfect analogy but there yeah. are some some things yeah. that make me think so, that we're losing I, agency yeah, go ahead, go ahead. yeah so i think that i mean i think the answer to the question is is probably somewhere along the lines of part of the things that make sports entertaining is you want there to be competitive balance whereas if you are a company trying to get a market share you are trying to get as much as much as the market share as possible. And then along with, so like if there are two companies that dominate a market, that's fine. But if there are two NBA teams that dominate every year, that's boring. No one cares. No one likes that. You've just, you, but you've described the NBA. Like why, when was the last time there really was true year in, year out competitive balance? I I mean, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I, I mean, there there yeah, were I mean, dynasties, that, even though they, yeah, there were dynasties not, well uh, before players had free agency. I mean, think about the the twenties and thirties Yankees. Think about the 
Bill Russell Celtics. And, you know, I these are all like sports. Frankly, sports lend themselves to, to dominant factions even when you, uh, you know, even when you greatly restrict player movement in the in the name of trying to foster competitive balance yeah and to be to be honest the the nba what has resulted in them having some of the the making it a 12-month sport and making it something that i think is starting to more and more bite away from from football is is this player empowerment you know having them be more and more visible I mean, there was, there was, I think there was a wasteland for, for a while of, of, uh, you know, the heat in the Knicks fighting on the floor right. being, you know, something, something notable or, or, you know, God forbid you remember the times of, of the Detroit Pistons of the early 2000s, which, you know, a good team, but sort of like the Spurs and that this isn't, this is fun to watch only if you like basketball. Though the Spurs would shoot threes at, toward the end, so at least that was fun. Um, but there, there was you know doldrums for a while. And now you've got this excitement of you know Russell Westbrook and James Harden, who are people who can be these singular spotlight people who you can have an opinion about them if you if you love them or hate them. And what's made it a twelve month year sport is these people becoming businesses. You know Russell Westbrook being why not James Harden being. I guess just a weirdo guy with a beard who takes a step back that involves eight or 12 steps. Uh, I, yeah. I think that this has been great and it's kind of undeniable for the league. And so they're probably wrestling with that more than the others are, you know, Mike Trout was sitting, I think behind his, has gone to a couple's equals games and has sat behind uh, the end zone. I don't know what he looks like. If I saw Russell Westbrook, I'd know it's Russell Westbrook. Yeah. immediately. It's just, I think it's funny to me that like, I think we can w- – would you stipulate that considering that uh, they're con- – considering the level of market restriction and sort of centralized control that the uh, the four major American sports leagues are more or less classic socialist organizations? Um, except maybe baseball. I don't know. Well, even uh, then, no, the even, even baseball, yeah. baseball has yeah. a hard salary cap baseball. Oh, uh, actually, that's technically not true. Baseball right. has a luxury yeah. tax system that seems to be functioning as a salary cap for a lot of teams. But like there, you know, there are salary structures in place to restrict labor movement and to and there's a draft system that, you know, reallocates new mm-hmm. pl- or allocates new players in a very kind of and redistributive maybe, way and maybe most importantly there is a uh, profit sharing amongst you have a yes floor that's and a true ceiling, floor and a ceiling for the spending and then profit is shared based off of uh income from things like tv rights um and is shared amongst all the teams now that is at the the, the franchisee ownership whatever you want to call it it's at that level the idea would be as it would be shared with everybody on the team, which, you know, arguably with the the uh, salary cap in the floor, it, it is shared, but not on an equal basis. But they do have collective bargaining. I mean, at the end of the day, they, they have unions and there's collective bargaining. And you can't say that for very many industries anymore. That's true. But I guess so what I'm what I'm driving at is that the the franchisees, the owners in these 
exceedingly centralized and market regulated socialist organizations are almost to a T the kind of people who, if you told them to their face that they're uh, that that they were part of a massive socialist organization, they would uh, they would say essentially they would tell you to go back where you came from. Um, so I, be just a small liberal arts college. But if you, if, but if you were to get rid of the if you were to get rid of the drag, like if you were to make it a complete free market, it just seems like it wouldn't be. Then there would be no. Um, yeah, I don't know. There'd be no Orlando Magic. Maybe that's why? Okay. Why wouldn't there about be? It. But, but why wouldn't there be? There's a finite number of roster spots on a team. Mm-hmm. There's a finite number of minutes to be handed out in a game. Like at a certain point, there, all the best players in the league can't play just for the Lakers. Yeah, they can't sure. all just play for you know Miami. If we're gonna call Miami a, like a you know a viable like desirable what? location. Yeah, so well, that's where I don't really know how the revenue sharing among the teams works. Like, if you were to make it so there was no revenue sharing, like I feel like that would have to be part of the, the thought experiment. Well, and, but uh, there's a difference between I think there's a difference between the revenue sharing and determining whether the the other teams make money in like a salary cap in a salary cap scenario where the Orlando Magic can't offer you know, a free agent more than the Lakers can unless they have cap space. Like that actually is the thing that pushes people to reconsider and, and uh, you know, pushes them towards a few certain polls. If you took those restrictions off and the magic said, well, we feel like we can foot the bill to offer LeBron a $75 million contract like that. That equalizes things out, right? Well, but I'm saying I don't think that, like if if there was no revenue sharing, then I don't know that the Magic could offer would have money to offer that because they don't get money for every single Steph Curry jersey that's sold. I mean, I'm what I'm saying. I'm not advocating for ending the. <laughs> I'm not advocating for ending the socialist revenue sharing. Okay, well, I just feel like if you if you end the socialist one thing, you have to end all the socialist things. I don't think that's. Well, it depends on who you ask. I don't think that's true. Okay. The owners probably think that's true, but the owners don't, frankly, don't want to end any of the socialist things. The owners actually want more of the socialist things. Yeah, I that's mean, think about that's the, the fascinating contradiction. Yeah, think about Tampa and think about the Suns. These and and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Sure, the the the, the leadership level is uh, they have decided that, that that is how they want to run their team. Or, you know, in the A's to an extent, too, the Oakland A's, who are yep. celebrated for it in some ways, which is we are going to optimize this at, and one factor in our optimization is lowest cost. You know, lowest cost, highest value thing, so that at the end of the year, we make a lot of money off of, uh, you know, this, this revenue sharing. Uh, and then we're already doing well because uh, you just aren't paying the players very much. But at least with the A's, they also say, we'll put a good product out there. We'll put a competitive product out right. there. The Rays, not, they they have somehow. Despite themselves. The Pir- yeah, and the Pirates are really trying to not do that, I think. They've, they've, they've right. Decided they have they done that out. recently and are trying to stop doing it. Yeah, I think the real answer is that we need relegation in all sports. Like, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
I'm yes. I'm super in favor of this. Yes, this yeah, is an excellent then you're, idea. Then you're you're punished, and then also the people that play in the lower leagues, um, there's there's something nice to it. Now baseball, I don't think you could do it. Well, I don't know if it, it would, would it work in the NBA because the uh, I don't know the the best like what would uh, you'd have to have another NBA team, I guess, or something. But well, isn't yeah, that the talent? One player is just such a big difference on an NBA team is the part of the good. Then here. that that's what makes the difference. You get the the young upstart right. who's who's eighteen years old, and then you pick him up because he's a local hero, and all of a sudden, you know, you're you're moving up to the big leagues. Yeah, and and there's a reason, you know, there's a reason for the Zion Williamsons of the world to say, okay, yes, technically, I could get the most exposure if I went as a rookie to new york or to los angeles but maybe i'm gonna get more maybe i'm gonna get significantly more playing time you know and and really have an ability to make my mark if i start out on the you know the wilmington whatever the hells and take them up into the nba and you know take on all comers like there are I, i i find it hard to believe that there are no players for whom that becomes your motivating factor. Like I, I don't, I don't think that you know removing the salary cap. I don't think that ending things like the max salary. I don't think that these things are the sport killers that the people complaining about player empowerment seem to think that they will be. Yeah. I, I my my belief is the fact that we're discussing it shows that it's not killing the sport. It's it's right. driving interest because you have something to have an opinion about, which that's what the social meds are for, for you sharing your opinions and hashtagging the legs so that you can uh you know I can't wait for the episode where you your apology is for using the term social meds. I hope it's this one today. <laughs> No, it it won't. Oh, yeah, well, as someone on the fence, you've uh, I'd say Sean, you've done a good job of definitely bringing me a bit toward toward your side. So huzzah! Yeah. Workers rise up and unite. Uh, yeah. in sports. We'll see if uh, Nick Nick Saban can bring me back during the next. <laughs> he uh, said, the upcoming, he says uh, he can. He says as he considers his stock options. Hey, it's okay. We're we're treating players right. LSU spent twenty eight million dollars on a fucking locker room. Yeah, that was yeah. Meanwhile. But there, you know, but there's no money to pay the players. Yeah, or to 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 fix the infrastructure in a in a state that has the, its largest city underwater, and it was right. built that way. Well, what are you gonna? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Put New Orleans on stilts? <laughs> I mean, Buy a lift kit it, for the whole city like it's a fucking pickup truck? Well, you know, a locker room versus that versus attempting that it's it's a balance. It's really I mean, a balance. I, I don't. I, we don't have time. We've we've talked for long enough that we probably don't really have time to delve into the whole conversation about whether or not you know LSU building a twenty eight million dollar team facility is good or good or bad. It, like you know, I I think it's I think it's inarguable that this is not a case of LSU having twenty eight million dollars in its budget, or this really the state of Louisiana mm-hmm. having twenty eight million dollars in its budget. That they were deciding between shore up the levees or build a football locker room, and they chose the football locker room. It's well, people, it's former, really, it's former players. It's in large, yeah. like Tyron Matthew was a big contributor to that effort. Oh. Like, it's people who are earmarking their money for these things. And no matter how much I wish that they would 
give their money to something uh, that would be worthwhile to more people for longer, like they're going to do what they're going to do in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in the end, uh, what, the, what is your number one rule in life? Uh, never expect me to be as reasonable as you think you are. Exactly. Kevin, and at the, at the end of the day, the, uh, the disadvantaged in, in labor that was being taken advantage of is happy. So this is good. This, this stays. Consistent. Sure. Um, Kevin, Kevin is off to, to, uh, speaking of, of exchanging goods, he's, he's off to, to, you know, do, do that via do some business on Craigslist. Whoo! Big business. Yeah, he's a business man. Hot dog. Well, good yeah. luck with that, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks. For having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And we will move on now, as we do, to Pierce is sorry. What are you yeah. apologizing for today? Uh, well, I think that you'll particularly appreciate this as someone who. Um, what is your your podcast application of of choice at the moment? I use an app called Pocket Casts. Pocket Cast, big so, big fan. It's made in part by it's owned and operated by podcast creators, which I like. So I am as far as helping creators. Uh, I I am a a subscriber to Slate Slate Plus, sure. Um, and which I'm very happy about because I enjoy it. I guess really just two of their podcasts, but I enjoy them a lot. Like it's mm-hmm. worth it to me to 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 pay for the privilege of listening to them without their their advertisements which i could deal with but they do get kind of lengthy sometimes yeah so uh it was actually a while ago but some number of months ago i noticed and to be even further in support i was trying to listen to the podcast within their their app i have their app on the phone the slate the slate app okay so i was listening to the podcast there because that's a way to get them ad free and kind of the easiest way to do it sure and i noticed that the ad free versions were not being available till like the next day, which is a little annoying. Um, and that sometimes it would say ad free, but it would actually have the ads. Okay. So I contacted uh, their support. Sure. And I got a note back from their support pretty promptly. It was really great and really happy with, with their response and everything. But what I'm sorry for is the hegemony of the, the Apple podcast app, because their solution was to send me a link and tell me that, oh, you should just subscribe to it on the podcast app with this link so that you can listen to it that way. So they kind of deferred to this other thing. And it made me sad because I want to support them. It's 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 not shopping local, but it's kind of in the same vein as you want to support people as directly as you can. Um, you know, you want to go and get it from the producers as opposed to this like intermediary, which might be taking advantage of them and getting their hits and everything else. And, you know, I say this as we are recording a podcast, but I don't know how that all works just because that doesn't particularly interest me. But it, it made me really sad. And I've, of course, of course, now have been listening to it on the podcast app because it's a little more responsive and it's it's easy and I tried to link it to my Spotify account, but it's not as it's not easy there anyways. So I'm saddened and I'm sorry that their their solution was to send me to the podcast. So that that's funny you mentioned that. I, I, I guess we'll pull back the curtain and say that I, uh, I'm the person who is responsible for all of our technical goings on and, and for getting our, our podcast to be places. And mm-hmm. so I'm familiar with the fact that 
the the use of the podcasts app or any other app doesn't mean like that we don't get you know credit for for you listening to this podcast and that certainly is the case for slate as well they've got plenty i'm sure they have plenty of tracking in place i find it fascinating that you don't think that the act of direct supporting is paying them for it as opposed to listening on their app you know what i I just mean i just i just mean i want to filter as much through them as possible and as directly that's fine but aren't you already doing that i i would i suppose i would argue that you're already doing that by paying them for it as a look i'm a mooch i was a slate plus subscriber for a brief period and when i was i was sent an rss feed to the slate plus podcast feed that collects all of the podcasts in one Mm -hmm. place and Mm -hmm. Even though I have not been a Slate Plus subscriber in quite a long time, I have not unsubscribed from that feed. So I still listen to it in Pocket Cast when I want to listen to a Slate podcast episode. So, yeah. like, I am. Uh, I don't think that. I don't think that you're doing anything wrong by listening to Slate's podcast on your podcast app of choice. As opposed to in the Slate app, I think the sub- I think the act of supporting Slate is in the paying for it, yeah. Um, and so I, that's where I'm failing. I would argue that your mistake is perhaps using the Apple Podcasts app because I can't use it. I think it's terrible. Um, but that's that's a, I suppose is a personal preference thing. Yeah, so I, like, just, I think it, you're I think you're doing fine is what I'm getting uh, at. Well, I I can accept that. I just tried to do better so. i mean you know it's it's similar to what we talked about when we did an episode on Bandcamp and how buying something through Bandcamp is in a way perhaps a bit more direct than yeah streaming on spotify well it's certainly more direct than streaming on spotify but it's even more direct than like buying through itunes or purchasing a cd in a store um mm-hmm. so uh, your point is your point is well taken and when you have when you have creators, you have people that are are doing, making, building things that you like. It is good to to support them, at, you know, in as direct a way as you can. I also think that, you know, I think that some of these podcast apps are are pretty good. And so, if yeah. you're if you're supporting Slate, I think it's it, it shouldn't be a source of shame or embarrassment to listen to those podcasts somewhere else. Yeah, oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, okay, so we will close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture. And what are we going to do this week? Um, you know what? I've I've been in uh, in the midst of my intermediary period between uh, the end of my former employment and the start of my tenure as a graduate student and so i've had a fair bit of free time on my hands i'm I'm back in charlottesville doing some tidying up and turning in my keys to my old apartment and that sort of stuff uh so i have lots of free time during the day and uh i i paused and did not finish before we started recording this today 
uh, Inglorious Bastards, oh, which is film. a phenomenal film. It is really good, uh, mm-hmm. and I I had I had sort of forgotten uh, until The Ringer did uh, an episode of their rewatchables podcast on it, and it uh, it just it sparked this hunger in me. I said, I got to watch this movie. I got to find it. Uh, and it happens to be on Netflix right now, so I've been, oh. uh, I've been watching it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go finish it after we're done. But the the scene that you referenced with your fingers for all the people who can see on our audio podcast, uh, where Michael Fassbender is in the bar and blows his cover by ordering three whiskeys with his index, middle, and ring fingers instead of his thumb, middle, and thumb, index, and middle fingers. Yeah. Um, is I think the last thing I saw, or at least I saw, oh. oh, I saw, you know what I saw? I saw the, um, the aftermath where, yeah. uh, where Hans Landa, Christoph Waltz realizes that, uh, that Bridget von Hammer's mark is the mole, um, yeah. as it were. So it, it's so good. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I guess, if you still haven't seen this movie at all 10 years after it came out. Um, but man, it's full of good lines. Yeah. It's uh, it's got a great cast, and as the the Ringer folks noted, this is really this movie was kind of the first time that Quentin Tarantino worked with an honest to god, genuine in his prime movie star. With Faults? No, this was Christoph Faults, Brad Pitt. This was Christoph okay, yeah. like first appearance it, it on like, the scene. It, it felt like later Pitt, but no, you're you're right. No, I Christoph Waltz is a great actor. Brad Pitt's a fucking yeah. movie star. Yeah, okay. These are these are these are very different. Yes. No, it's it's a tremendous movie, and I would say that also just the way it is um you know, it, it's it's a Tarantino film and, and we should I should add parenthetically, he is a a, a troublesome figure at this sure. point in time. I'm not gonna uh, you know, that that is worth talking about. There are many a podcast you record on that. We're yeah. recognizing that here. Um but this is in some ways it it's not a I mean it's an absurd film, but it's not because it's got the historical factor it almost mellows it out a little bit and then you have these tremendous performances and it's shot in a way it's like oh this the production was you know really well thought out here i mean you go and watch pulp fiction and there's there's a certain like uh kind of almost 70s like exploitation or 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 porn like film quality to or it's it's just a little rough around the edges this one there's there's not the roughness and so it's there's a beauty in it that that really kind of peaks here and is great. You know, Hateful Eight is hard to watch in some ways because it's one long scene. This does have long scenes, yes, but it is it is a just tremendous movie and a great experience if you haven't already. Yeah, it's it's hard to come away from this movie thinking anything other than Quentin Tarantino is a really incredible filmmaker. He's a yeah. he's a controversial guy. His long partnership with Harvey Weinstein obviously is very thorny. Um, but the dude's fucking good at making movies. Um, and I, I, I do think it's an interesting tidbit. His, his movie that's about to come out, uh, at the end of this week that we're recording it is called once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, when the original title of inglorious bastards, which is the title of its first chapter is once upon a time in Nazi occupied France. 
Yeah. So fun little little tidbits kind of adding to the the theory that all of these movies are are woven together into one Quentin Tarantino extended universe to use the parlance of our time. Yeah. So universe. Yeah. Um uh, okay. Wow, we talked for a long time. It's uh it's been a while since we got together with Kevin and chopped it up about sports, so I'm, I'm glad we had the chance to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at PrettyOKPod or at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com. Uh We don't have our own app, so uh, you can't be like Pierce and support us at the source other than, I guess, listening on the website, but you can find our show feed on just about any other podcast app that i can think of like yeah if you're i mean if you i should say if you email me or email the show or whatever you want to get in contact with us uh i'll make you an app but it will be a food variety as opposed to a a computer one oh my god uh anyway uh you can subscribe to our feed uh and you'll get episodes every tuesday without having to go track us down anywhere if you do that already thank you uh we, we appreciate it please if you could do us one more favor leave a rating review comment that sort of thing or just tell a friend about the show because we'd love to share what we're doing with them as well we'll be back again next week as always to talk about something else until then i'm sean i'm pierce thanks for listening Bye.